Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joined now by phone by State Senator Nate Libby. Now, normally this wouldn't happen, but it's kind of one of those emergency situations. Stranded, someone, you, you lot, the the keys are missing, huh? Is that is that is that the deal? Right. So my my wife left for work at about six thirty this morning, and I think we got our signals crossed. So one set of car keys went with her, and the one that was left doesn't work for the car that's remaining. So <laughs> uh, fortunately, I can I can hitch a cab over to uh, CMMC and get into that vehicle, get my keys, and. We'll be, we'll be good. Maybe you can call an Uber or something. You know, you can do that. Let's could try that. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you got to do. You know, it's fine. Right. It's all, right. it's all good. Um, let's take a look here as I pull up the the quote. First off, you recently quit smoking. I just wanted to congratulate you on that. Are you are you running out of nicotine gum yet, or how are you working on that thing? <laughs> right. So I, I did want to put a, a little uh, PSA, public service announcement, in here. Um, I've been struggling with tobacco addiction for 13 years. Uh, I started foolishly when I was 18 years old. And uh, this time, I think it's going to stick, so I just wanted to put it out there to the folks that are listening who are thinking about quitting. Um, I think summertime is the best time to do it because it's nice out. It's not the dead of winter. You can actually get outside and take a walk when you've got a craving. Um, And there are resources out there to help you. Um, One is the uh, tobacco um, cessation helpline. That's a state program. Uh, Funds come through a tobacco lawsuit settlement to help people get patches, gum, Chantix for no cost. Uh, There's counseling services that are offered through that. And then uh, the second one that I wanted to plug is actually an app for your phone, and it's called Smoke Free. This app is really, really helpful because it helps you track uh, the number of hours you've been quit, the money you've saved, and different uh, health indicators that uh, improve with the time that passes that you've been quit. So... Uh, so that's my PSA. Uh, if you're thinking about quitting, now's the time. Don't be afraid of failure and look for help. Excellent. Good good message for everybody there, Senator. Thank you. Big news yeah. lately. Maine Warden Service and their undercover sting operations. Press Herald did a big thing on that a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I know a lot of the folks have been the stars of Northwoods. A lot of them in the Darlings. I think, what, what's this whole thing about? And I know there's been some changes now. I guess all the undercover operations have ceased now. What What the heck is happening with us? Right. So, you know, I'd say three or four years ago, this was a part of state government a lot of folks didn't know much about. But then, of course, we had the reality TV show, Northwoods Law, that became extraordinarily popular following main uh, warden service around the state and uh, sort of capturing what they do for work, which is really interesting and important. Um, but this issue came up a few weeks ago with the Portland Press Herald doing an investigative uh, report on some undercover practices that uh, didn't quite pass the straight face test. So uh, last week there was a, a hearing down at the state house, sort of doing a deep dive into this report and hearing from the department uh, sort of their rebuttal. Um, what's at issue here is that some of the undercover um, agents were using um, less than above board practices to try and induce uh, would-be poachers to actually commit the crime. Um, so I think this is an interesting story to follow, uh, but I also think there's sort of a slippery slope here. 
and I'm, I'm not trying to defend the administration here, but when you've got undercover law enforcement um, activities going on, oftentimes, you know, all of the tactics, uh, all of the methods can't be revealed in public because it really puts people at risk and sort of compromises the ability for uh, law enforcement departments to do that important work. Talking with State Senator Nate Libby. We'll have more coming up. We're going to be talking about a recent error by Maine Department of Health and Human Services that received an overpayment, and now a lot of Maine folks will be on the hook for that. Also to be talking about the Maine Department of Education and much, much more. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on the Z. It's 813. Misery on the ZZ1055, LA's only local radio station. We continue now with State Senator Nate Libby, who's stranded somewhere, but he's able to call us by phone, so we're good. We're, we're, we're all good. Um, recently, saw a big thing on this last week, recently thousands of food stamp recipients, they were sent notice from the Maine Department of Health and Human Services that they received an overpayment, and they've got to pay back the difference. Um, and it looks like this is because of an error with DHHS. What is the deal on this? Right, so it's not uncommon for a department like DHHS to make mistakes here and there when it comes to public benefit programs. But uh, what we're talking about now is uh, a mistake uh, on the order of 3,000 or so food stamp recipients and about $2 million worth of benefits, so much, much bigger than we've ever seen in the past. And um, so the issue here is that folks who received an overpayment uh, are now being told via letter from the department that they need to pay back uh, the overpayment, even though it was the department's mistake. So to give you some sense of the scale of this benefit, um, the average monthly food stamp amount is about $116. So if the department's going to go forward and reduce uh, a person's monthly benefit by 10%, um, to pay back the difference, you know, $116, that's a really tight budget to begin with. So um, I think a lot of us are looking at this as a real hardship that are being put on people who really are at the margins. And if this is the department's mistake, the department should be, uh, you know, taking um, taking this payment back. So um, I'd say keep an eye on this story. We'll we'll see how it unfolds in the in this next uh, couple months. Now, is there is there a way for folks that that are on benefits maybe to just kind of give them a warning? I I remember when I was in the military, and if the military overpaid you, like they took it all back out of your next check. So if your check was one dollar, they didn't so much care. Um, if there's anything that's a variance over what you're normally getting, maybe check and make sure that that way. So if it is a mistake, you're not on the hook for it. You don't have to go through this whole thing, and it's just there. Like, would, would that be something you'd suggest? It's possible, um, but it's also possible that you know folks. Uh, you know, a couple things. Monthly benefit uh, changes uh, over a period of time, so it's not immediately clear that an increase or a decrease was done intentionally or not intentionally. Uh, and see. then, you know, the other thing is that uh, folks really are uh, living right on the edge if they're qualifying for food stamps. I mean, these are folks that do not have a cushion like a lot of us have. So I think it becomes uh, really challenging, um, you know, to, to going forward, take 10% out of a $100 monthly food budget. You and I can do that pretty easily, but 10% for someone uh, on assistance like this is just really tough. It, it really is. It, it really is. You're 100% right on that. Um, Maine Department of Education, uh, the LePage administration, uh, has installed yet another, I, I guess, a temporary commissioner to head the department. 
What, what's going on with this? Is, is this because of folks getting voted down uh, for, for other positions and they're trying to avoid it? Or is this a battle about something else? What, what's going on here? I think it's a, it's a few different things. I think it is part of that uh, situation you alluded to where the governor wanted to appoint a guy named Bill Beardsley to be education commissioner. And whenever um, uh, the executive branch nominates a person to take over as commissioner, they go through a vetting process. It's like a job interview. That's uh, a standard procedure that's written into the Constitution where a committee that provides oversight over a department um, holds a public hearing and then makes an up or down vote. That then goes on to the state Senate where um, that person is either confirmed or, or not for that position. So it's a good process for vetting uh, people in big, important positions uh, before just sort of rubber stamping them. So <clears throat> Beardsley had some uh, concerns on the part of Democrats so um, I think there was hesitation about giving this guy a rubber stamp to lead the second largest uh, department of the state. So uh, Governor LePage has sort of been really pushing the envelope in terms of the temporary appointment process for this commissioner. He's not broken the law, but he has come very, very close in every possible way by uh, installing Beardsley instead as a deputy commissioner, uh, where that doesn't require um, Senate approval, and now uh, that time has expired for Beardsley to serve in that position. So he's kind of doing um, musical chairs by installing Deb Plowman as the deputy commissioner. Um, and Beardsley's still working in the department, and he's still the de facto head, but it's a guy who hasn't been to the confirmation process. Uh, I'm not aware of anything happening like this before, um, sort of skirting the constitutional requirement to um, hold public hearings and confirmations on on these uh, commissioners, but it's it's bizarre new territory and something I think the public should be aware of. State Senator Nate Libby joins us by phone. Kind of one of those odd situations, but it's, we're making it happen. We're making it work. We'll have more with him coming up. It's eight twenty six, sixty one degrees. You're listening to the Z. Welcome back. Segment number three with State Senator Nate Libby. Joining us by phone because he was uh, stranded in a pla- in place today, so we uh, we made concessions, which was good. It was always it's good. We we do have the we do have the technology to make things happen. Um, the Northwoods National Monument. I, I want to talk about real quick, and, and then I'm going to come back and, and talk about the senior housing bond. Um, it's been a real hot button issue for Northern Maine. Um, what, what's what's going on with this? I guess you can kind of fill everybody in on the details of this, and, and I, I guess I'm trying to figure out what the hubbub is, like, you know, with different things. Right. So um, I, I think there's been a lot of interest in trying to establish a national park and or national monument up in the Maine North Woods. Um, and just to back up for a second, uh, to create a national park, you need an act of Congress. But to create a national monument, it's simply an executive order. So with the politi- political climate as it is, uh, the Quimby, Quimby family, uh, Roxanne Quimby of the Birth Bees uh, Company, who owns a bunch of this land up in the North Woods, has been interested in donating the land to the federal government for the purpose of creating a park. And with the, the political climate as it is, it seemed unlikely that that was going to uh, actually pass. So they then switched to acts and tried to get a national monument uh, established, which only requires executive approval. So interestingly, this is broken down on party lines, which is kind of unexpected. You think, well, national park is a good thing, and national monuments are a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, highlighting uh, you know pristine uh, wilderness up there, trying to encourage tourists to visit, um, and that kind of thing. 
uh, you'd think would be good all around. But um, I think folks on the um, right are concerned with the federal government coming in and taking control of a lot of this uh, woodland, limiting activities such as logging and, and uh, hunting and, and those sorts of things. So um, uh, Congressman Poliquin recently held a field hearing uh, up in uh, the Millinocket area, and it was fairly overwhelmingly um, uh, negative in terms of creating a national monument. It seems like a lot of folks up there uh, are opposed. They're opposed to the federal government coming in. And then uh, other people around Maine seem to be very supportive of it and see it as an economic boon to the region, um, uh, a way to preserve some of that really important uh, woodland up there and so forth. So interesting partisan battle going on over what you'd think would be a kind of a, a no-brainer. Talking with State Senator Nate Libby, going over a few things. You know, let's let's swing back here to Governor LePage. He wants a rewrite of the senior housing bond that passed by voters overwhelmingly last November. Of course, every bond that we put out there usually passes, is what it seemed. The bond could be, hi, would you guys like to install, like, Sparkle on all the telephone poles outside? And everybody would be like, sure, yeah, why not? It, it, every bond seems to pass here. But what, what's the deal with this one, with the senior housing bond? Sure, uh... I just want to touch on what you said, though. Almost all of the bonds overwhelmingly pass. Uh, you are absolutely right. I don't know if, if sparkling lights on, on light posts have passed. But, <laughs> I, I'm thinking uh, about trying just to see, just to see, <laughs> just for fun. Yeah, you've got to gather a few signatures. You can do it. I think I could. Um, but two things. Uh, borrowing money has uh, uh, been historically uh, uh, never been cheaper. Uh, the interest rates are exceedingly low. And two, um, the state's uh, uh, bonding per capita, per taxpayer, is in the bottom of uh, it's in the bottom of ten of the fifty states. Um, so I think Maine has been uh, very conservative in its borrowing over the last several decades. But in any event, uh, the senior housing bond that passed last year uh, provides for uh, public match dollars to go into affordable senior housing projects in all sixteen counties of the state. Money is earmarked for each county. Um, uh, a private developer can come forward uh, with private dollars to match public um, uh, to build projects. Um, uh, housing authorities, like Lewiston Housing Authority, for example, can qualify for some of these match funds. So it's a really smart program. Um, the governor, uh, again, he's, he's really good at, at pushing the envelope, wants to basically recall that bond, rewrite it, and resend it out to voters, even though the voters already passed it. Uh, he feels that there are, according to him, uh, two people who will become millionaires overnight with this bond. I'm not sure we see it that way, but uh, we're going to have continued conversation over uh, a governor wanting to rewrite something that's already passed. Talking with State Senator Nate Libby. We'll have more from him coming up. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on The Z. Welcome back. For the final segment with State Senator Nate Libby. And we continue now and talk about different things. You know, I, I read an article this morning and, you know, the, there's all sorts of stuff in the November election that we can talk about. And we can talk about some overtime stuff as well, which I'm actually I'm going to start off with the uh, with the overtime stuff. Um, the Obama administration recently recently handed down uh, new U.S. Department of Labor rules for how businesses pay overtime for a new group of workers. What are the two sides uh, on this and, and what what's the uh, what's the scenario here? Right. Um the Obama administration through the Department of Labor has issued a new rule, which is um, separate from passing a law. Rules oftentimes have the effect of law, but go through a different process, not congressional approval, but uh, through an executive process. 
So this executive process calls for uh, a new rule that requires workers who work over 40 hours a week and make more than about $23,000 a year um, to qualify for overtime. Uh, as it as it stands now, uh, if you make uh, less than 23000 and you work more than 40 hours, you qualify for overtime. Uh, this new rule bumps it up to $47,000 a year. So if you make uh, under $47,000 a year and you work over 40 hours a week, you now qualify for overtime. Um, this is good for working people, putting more money back in their pockets, but the business community is sort of uh, very concerned about this because, you know, um, uh, employee costs are a big part of their bottom line. And when you mandate uh, increases in pay, and it's the same argument they have with increasing the minimum wage, um, they're either going to lay people off, they say, or they're going to raise prices or a combination of both. Um, so, you know, there are some businesses who are kind of uh, speaking in support of what the administration said, and basically they're saying that if, if the community has more money in their pockets, that's more money to spend on my product, and that's a good thing. Um, so it's an interesting discussion to have, but uh, we will see... Uh, if this executive order stands up to um, uh, review by the courts, potential action by Congress, um, all kinds of different things that could happen with this. How's the uh, last question for you? How's the campaign going? Good, good. Uh, running for re-election to the state senate this fall. Um, I, uh, I won a very close race two years ago against my friend Patty Gagne. Um, this year, I'm running against a, a good guy. His name's Bill Welch. He's a retired police chief, Lewiston uh, Police Department. And so we're going to have an interesting race. And as before, I'm going to uh, spend time knocking on doors throughout Lewiston. Uh, I'm probably not going to be putting out a bunch of television ads. So I'm going to leave that for uh, Clinton and Trump. Um, but I'm going to buy a pair of sneakers and go do uh, my door-to-door work, meet with voters and constituents. I just want to point out to you that Mayor McDonald won his election by purchasing radio ads. I'm just throwing that out there for you. I'm just saying, and he had to go through a recall election. So I'm just, I'm letting you know that, that that's how that happened. And also you and, of course, Mr. Welch would be welcome to come on to do the, uh, the, uh, the discussion. We don't do debates here. We do a discussion of the issues, which is usually pretty good. So hopefully we'll see you sometime between, uh, between now and, uh, and election day for that. And, uh, Maddie, I will be talking to you about uh, the excellent uh, communication services that Gleason Media may be able to provide for my campaign. <laughs> See, there you go. Just just, just talk to Dick or Bonnie. They'll be happy to help you. Yeah. So, State Senator Nate Libby representing you up in Augusta. Nate, thank you very much. Good luck on the smoking thing. And uh, have fun with that Uber later. Let me know how that turns out. I'll let you know, Maddie. All thank right. You. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on the Z. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.